up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Health Unscripted with Dr. D. My name is Dr. Ashley Dwyer, and this week we are going to get down and dirty talking about protein. So if you've ever been on like a weight loss journey or any type of muscle building journey or just, you know, what we hear in fad diet culture, which I freaking hate, um, most of the time we talk about carbs and fat. Most of the time, that's what you hear when we think of protein, you know, we get under the stigma of like bodybuilders need protein. Only men need so much protein, protein powder. It's like a supplement. It's bad for the kidneys. We shouldn't have that much protein per day, et cetera, et cetera. And a bunch of other like myths and BS that, you know, we're not really like fully educated on the benefits of protein, why we need it, what it does in the body and how it can be super beneficial for us. So that's what we're going to talk about on today's episode. It's all about protein. So just for like the basics of protein, protein is one of the four macros. So macronutrients, there's four of them. Technically we only really count three, but there is four. So it's protein, carbohydrates, fats, and alcohol is its own macronutrient obviously has no nutrition though. So we don't really pay attention to alcohol so much, but protein is super essential. Um, and in most standard American diets, it's calculated as like 15 to 20% of daily calories needed per se. And that's actually not true at all. It should be more. So we're going to get into that today, but, um, Protein is super, super, super beneficial because not only does it build and repair tissues, like when you think of protein, you think of muscles, you think of building muscle, you think of recovering muscles. Protein is essentially, you know, made up of amino acids. And when we take amino acids or when we eat amino acids, that's what we're replacing. That's what we're utilizing when we're building and tearing muscle and repairing tissues. But it's not only muscle tissue that it repairs. It's, you know, important for other like body parts and organs and tissues within the body. Um, protein is also super important for every single enzyme activity that happens in the body. So in our body, scientifically, not to go like too complex, when things get broken down or when things happen or when things are metabolized, it is because of an enzyme in the body that allows it to do that. Something very simple like digesting dairy, right? you need in order to break down the lactose sugar molecule from milk, you need the enzyme lactase. If you don't have lactase, you cannot digest lactose, which is where lactose intolerance comes from. But that's just one example of like an enzyme activity. And that is produced and able to happen because of protein. So no, not eating a lot of protein is going to make you have lactase. <laughs> that's just like a genetic one, but every other enzyme activity in the body requires protein. So if we don't eat enough protein, obviously our functionality and how we're doing isn't gonna be going off right, right? Um, forgive me for lack of words today. There is so much going on. Travel has just been crazy. I've been in and off of planes. It's been super fun, but just so much going on. So my brain is in high, high, high ADD mode. Um, and I end up like talking about something. I don't know whoever else does this, but talking about something and thinking about something else. So my words come out all jumbled. So this podcast episode is going to be real fun. <laughs> um, some other really, really big benefits of protein, ladies and gentlemen, but mostly ladies, we're all trying to get like healthy hair, skin, and nails, right? We have a hair, skin, and nail supplement. We want long, luxurious hair. We want strong nails. We want glowing skin. All of that is really, really 
you know, focused on protein. Our hair is dead protein. It's dead keratin. Collagen is a form of protein, which is great for skin and nails. So if you want healthier skin and nails and, you know, healthier hair, of course, there's other things that go into it, but protein is super important for these, these, uh, items, right? So make sure we're getting in enough protein there. Protein also carries oxygen throughout the body. And obviously that's super important, right? So without enough protein, we can't do that. And you know, that doesn't sound like a good time to me. And most importantly, or what we've been dealing with for the past several years, I think this will hit high on a lot of people's lists is protein also helps make antibodies to fight off infections. And hello, we've been in a never ending pandemic. Uh, now that we've been wearing masks for years, our immune systems aren't as strong and RSV is ramping up, the flu is higher than ever. So in order to fight off infections properly, we really need to have healthy antibodies, which means we need more protein as well. I need to be eating enough protein. Protein is also super filling. It is one of the most filling macros alongside fat, where when we eat it, we feel full. And that's really important if we're in a weight loss phase or you know anything like that, because we want to feel full, we want to feel satisfied, and that's how we stop overeating. Higher carbs actually makes us more hungry. So obviously, higher protein will help us feel fuller, longer. Protein is also really, really important for preserving lean muscle mass. So when we go into a weight loss phase, I like to call it a fat loss phase because we give you guys enough protein, but if you're doing this on your own and you're not yet sure about the benefits of protein, you go into a weight loss phase. And when you lose weight, you're not just losing fat, you're losing muscle, uh, you're losing water weight, and you're losing fat. Some people even lose a little bit of bone density, depending on how old you are and how much of a calorie deficit you're in, which we don't want that, right? So you don't want to lose the, pro, the, the muscle that you've worked so hard for. So in order to preserve that during a fat loss phase, you want to get in a lot of protein. You want to get in enough protein to keep muscle strong so that you're not just losing, you know, muscle and you're, you're just losing fat. So, um, protein is also the only macronutrient that has high thermogenic properties. And what that means is when you eat it, it is just like carbs. Yes. It is four calories per gram, but the body burns more calories, digesting and metabolizing protein. So, you know, if you can eat a food and burn more calories in the meantime, which on a, you know, if you're familiar with the TDEE total daily energy expenditure graph, TEF or thermic effect of food, protein would fit right in there and how much your body burns by digesting food. Protein is the highest in thermogenesis. So we love that, right? Muscle protein synthesis is responsible for this. Very important. There's a lot of caveats that go along with protein. And so, you know, we know the importance of protein now. We know we need it for antibodies and hair, skin, and nails and enzyme activity and building and repairing tissues. But how the hell do I get that protein in, Ashley? I just don't want to eat that much meat. I don't know how much to eat uh, when I go over protein or when I eat enough protein, I go over on fats. Like, how can I do this? What do I do? So it's actually not super, super complicated. And that's why I'm going to break it down for you guys today. Um, but protein is really important for fullness and really important for blood sugar regulation. So starting off your day with a high protein breakfast will be the best way to keep going throughout the day. And when I say high protein breakfast, I mean, optimally 30 grams for breakfast, 25 at the minimum. Most people cook two eggs for breakfast. And we think that we're good to go. 
that is not enough at all. One egg, a full egg, not even egg whites, but a full egg with the yolk is six grams of protein. So two eggs is only 12 grams of protein. We're sitting here saying you need to get 30. <laughs> so how do we do that? We eat a lot more eggs. We can also do protein shakes. We can also do some collagen in our coffee. We could do chicken sausage, turkey sausage. We could do bacon, turkey bacon. You know, we can come up with like tofu scrambles or other type of things going on. But this is where we need to really shift what we're putting into our body and create more of a self-awareness. So getting in balanced amounts of protein throughout the day is gonna be super beneficial to our recovery, to our blood sugar and just have us feeling great and feeling optimally and having our body work optimally. So what I like to do for clients is I like to kind of split up their macros. So let's say your goal is 120 grams of protein per day. We want three meals. We're just going to start with three meals. So let's say you only eat three meals a day, no snacks. Now your goal is 40 grams of protein per meal. You are going to weigh out and eat enough protein that equals 40 grams per meal. And I do want to say that, yeah, that might sound like a lot of meat. I know, especially as women, we're stuck on like the three ounce portion per meal. No, bump that up to six if you need to. Bump that up to eight if you need to. There are no guidelines here. We are hitting macros and that is what is most important. Now, if you want to throw some snacks in there, divide your macros by four and then divide one of those subsets by two to give you snacks. So for example, you would do... 30 grams of protein at every meal. And then you'd have one snack that's 30 grams of protein, or you would have two snacks that are 15 grams of protein each. And that might be a little easier to hit your goal with less protein consumed at one meal. Cause let's be honest, I get it. Eating six to eight ounces of protein, especially if you're not used to it, is going to be super filling and you might not want to, you know, eat that much at one time. Right. So breaking it up, whatever, however fits your schedule best, I'd recommend doing um, for, for me, for example, I am at a very high protein goal right now. My protein goal is, you know, on the around 170. So I do utilize protein powder. I use a plant-based protein powder by Legion. When Legion is out of that protein powder, I use Vega sport just because I can, I like the taste. <laughs> it works. I'm a vanilla girl because I can mix it in everything but I do make a shake every day and, you know, protein powders are not necessary if you can get them from meat, but they do help in a pinch, especially if your protein goals are higher. Now, everyone's protein goal is going to be completely different and it really does depend on, um, your, your body, your stature. It, it really depends on what your protein goal is going to be. You're going to see a lot of um, oh, it should be one gram of protein per pound of body weight. I don't follow that at all <laughs> because if we did, some people would be eating like over 200 grams of protein a day and we don't want to do that, right? Like that's, that's a lot, that's excessive. So what we do, do it based on body fat. So if you, and, and if you don't know your body fat, that's totally fine. You can look at pictures online and kind of guesstimate your body fat based on like what you look like, or if you do an in-body, or if you have one of those fit index scales or something like that at home. So if you are between the body fat ranges of like 15 to 20%, which is usually more athletic body types, a lot of muscle, then we would do more than one gram per pound of body weight, uh, like 1.1 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. 
if you are over 20% and up to 30%. So if you're, if you're familiar with like the body fat scales and things like that, um, 21 to 30% falls in line with, you know, regular, like good health and slightly overweight, but this is where we would do one gram per pound of body weight, 31% to 40% body fat, 0.7 to 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. And then if you're 40% body fat or more, we would do 0.5 to 0.6 pounds of body weight. So this is kind of like a rough generalization of how I calculate protein for clients and how I calculate protein for myself. Now, obviously when you're working with a coach, it's much more customized. So we're not just going to like put you in this chart. We make you do a log before you come working with us. If you're a, if you're a one-on-one client. We have you do a three-day log of whatever you're currently eating and drinking. And let's say you do that log and you come to us and you're only eating around like 50 or 60 grams of protein. And your goal is technically supposed to be 140 grams of protein. We cannot increase you that much that soon. That is more than double of what you're currently eating. It's not going to really be a fun time for you. So what we will do is actually slowly increase your protein goal and then keep moving up from there each week when we make adjustments. So if you're only used to getting in 50 to 60, maybe we bump you up to 80 or 90, and then we slowly keep increasing. So this is the benefits of having a coach, not too much too soon. We do it in a slow controlled manner, but still in a point to get you to where you need to be. Um, so that's kind of a rough generalization of how much protein you should consume. Men have slightly different recommendations. They're usually eating more protein, um, because they have more muscle mass, which is totally fine. Right. Um, so, and I just want to cover, you know, the myths about too much protein on your kidneys and things like that. There's new data that's come out that unless you already have a pre consist, a pre, um, pre-existing kidney disease or chronic kidney disease or anything like that, it's no harm on your kidneys. Obviously you're going to be drinking a lot of water too. So we're going to be filtering it out. Um, it's, it's okay. Like, unless you have pre-existing conditions with kidney disease or anything like that, it's totally fine. Obviously speak to your doctors before starting anything new, watch your body and your symptoms, how you feel. But usually this is, um, totally fine. It's, it's been a myth. It's been busted. Another thing I do want to say you might notice when you start increasing protein is slower digestion. And sometimes if it's done too soon and too much, we will have some constipation which means we need to maybe back off a little bit and give the digestive tract a break from protein and then bulk up some more fiber and get things going that way. But that's again, person dependent, just something to watch out for. If you're sitting at home, like, okay, I need to increase my protein. And then you notice you're not going to the bathroom as often. We really need to work on fiber and water in that point and getting in some more, you know, insoluble fiber. So now that we've broken up protein into, you know, 30 grams of protein per meal, how can we get that in and how do we not go over fat? So what we really recommend to clients first and foremost is leaner sources of protein. So those are going to look like your chicken breast, your turkey breast, your, you know, shrimp and white fish, non-fat Greek yogurt, non-fat cottage cheese, canned tuna, low carb, low fat protein powders, um, pork tenderloin can even be super lean. Bone broth is great. Those are, those are leaner sources of protein powder that are really helpful, not going over macros and that you can use in your meals. Fattier sources of protein are obviously going to be like chicken thighs and beef, uh, salmon, fattier fish. 
some jerkies, right? Like those are going to be fattier whole eggs. I mean, we do need whole eggs. Um, I like whole eggs better than egg whites, but those are going to be fattier that if you're eating other sources of fat in your day, it may set you over your fat macros. So those are where you need to be a little more self-aware and mindful of what you're eating, but still great sources of protein powder, utilize all of those, right? Um, quick protein sources, like for snacks, I love protein shakes. So you guys see it every day. Jerky, hard boiled eggs, deli meat is great. It's also very lean protein bars, as long as they're not too high in sugar and like a, you know, healthy candy bar, Greek yogurt. Those are really big options for protein. Now, a lot of people like to say that like nuts are high in protein. Like if I'm going to get some protein in them, eat some peanut butter, but actually peanut butter is a great fat source. It just has a little bit of protein in it. Protein is actually the lowest macronutrient in peanut butter. <laughs> so it's not a great source of protein. It just has some in it. So be careful with that. But that's like the general recommendations I would make. And then another recommendation is finding little hacks, like adding in protein powder to oatmeal or Greek yogurt and making it even higher in protein. Cooking quinoa or rice in bone broth to get a little more protein there. Utilizing non meat sources for protein, like beans and legumes, chickpeas, um, lentils, love lentils. So great. Edamame. Um, what else we have on the top of my head? Like, what do I do? Broccoli is higher in protein. Quinoa is higher in protein nuts again, like just kind of adding them to things. So those type of, of non-meat sources, if you're like, I just can't do meat all the time. Uh, you can choose other sources that are higher in protein. Just be careful of that car carbohydrate count. So getting in that much is going to be a challenge at first. I'm not going to minimize it. If you're not used to eating protein, it may seem like a lot, but it's definitely doable. You will get used to it. You'll feel amazing. You'll start to have better lifts. You'll start to see like, okay, I'm feeling full and satisfied and I'm getting these results like, the, you know, losing body fat. This is great. And this is how it becomes a habit. So right now, and the reason I bring this up is because right now the RDA, so the recommended daily allowance of protein is 0.8 grams per kilogram. So not even per pound of body weight, per kilogram. So for me, that would mean that my RDA for protein is 47 grams of protein a day. <laughs> No, thank you. So the problem with this calculation is that that is the absolute minimum you need to not have a protein deficiency. It's not the maximum. And a lot of people treat it as the maximum. It's not the maximum. There's actually new data coming out that protein is super, super essential and way more necessary than we thought before, than we once thought before. And it's actually being bumped up, which is amazing. And I'm so happy. So you know, that's, that's why I calculate it for a pound of body fat and one gram or excuse me, one gram per pound of body weight, and then use the body fat percentages to scale back and, you know, scale up depending on where a client meets us, like meet them where they're at, help, help you guys where you're at. I don't like that protein just becomes demonized because kidneys or because male bodybuilders, or I don't need it because I'm not a bodybuilder, but it, cause it's so important for every other function in the body. And I really, you know, want to get everyone to a point where we're really understanding macros and how important each macro is for you and what it does in the body. So we're not just like simply giving it a stereotype of muscles or, 
like protein flexing. I like protein shakes. No, we're not, we're not doing that now. It's in, it's important for so many things. And I hope you guys at least took away that from this podcast, took away some options for lean protein, took away, you know, some other tips and tricks for how to get it into your day. I'm telling you starting your day with at least 30 grams of protein is optimal. Fun fact too, if you ever like have a low protein breakfast, which most Americans do, and then you kind of crash, bump up your protein in the morning and you'll notice you don't crash as much as you used to, or you, you don't crash at all. It's really great. Like I said, you can use collagen in your coffee. That's a little hack too. adding protein powder to oatmeal, yogurt, non, non-protein, non-meat protein sources are great. Bone broth is great. Uh, I even sip bone broth in the morning. It's great for gut health too. We're going to have to do a gut health podcast because I'm all about that. Um, Lentils. Oh my goodness. There's so many little things that we don't think about when it comes to protein, because mostly we think about meat and like, I don't want to eat 10 ounces of chicken either. So I totally get it. If you have any questions about anything I went over in this podcast, or just have any suggestions or tips or tricks or recipes that you love that we want to share please reach out on Instagram. You can always message me there and ask me questions, dr.dwyer, dr.dwyer on Instagram. Um, It was awesome to sit and chat with you guys this week. And I will hopefully see you next week. I am traveling quite a bit this week for some business mastermind activities. So super excited. If I don't have one that comes out the following week, look for me the next week. It might be my only two, two week hiatus. I know I told you guys I'm coming back. So I plan to stick with it. And I hope you have an amazing week and weekend and stay safe. Talk to you soon.